0: or as i call it my doppelbanger (laughs) hello and welcome to the fizzle show connecting you to the ideas people and tools that you need to help you make an independent living doing something that you care about without burning out and giving up and skinning your knee and losing a toe that would not be fun your hosts are Corbett Barr, if, uh, if, if we were inside jokes from this show, Corbett would be the so-block. Consistent, effective, timeless. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be the wash bomb. Used sparingly, but amazingly effective when dropped. And me, Chase Reeves, I'd be click and clack. Over the top, in your face, and hilarious. That one comes from Amici, Fizzler and founder of BJJTrainingJournal.com. He knows Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and exactly how to push my love buttons. Thanks for sending that in, Amichi. I love that one. When you're bootstrapped and on your own, people, uh, spending money on anything is harrowing. It's terrifying. You're constantly asking yourself, is, is this going to be worth it? Do I need this to, quote, turn pro? Uh, don't I need to spend money to make money? Well, in this episode, we, sh- we share some stories and lessons learned about spending smartly in five different categories of small business with a, with a couple of bonus things there thrown in there. Double bangers. What? I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into
1: it. To be honest, I've been trying to dry out a little bit just because we were staying with friends last week and uh, we have... Friends and family and stuff coming so i've been trying to just give my liver a break for a week or so so i'm a little bit off my game
0: yeah no that's fine that's how i felt after vegas too yeah that would that's that that makes sense you guys but honestly i gotta ask you if your heart's in this business or not is your liver in this business or not <laughs> No, your, li- your heart will keep your liver clean
1: <laughs> next week my liver will be back in the game
0: yeah, yeah, I like that. Can we do a little quickie, like catch up, real quick for the listeners, so that they know where where we? I mean, we've mentioned this a few times on the show that, but Corbett, you're down in Mexico. Yep, as I do, or, as I do every at, year, like, like you do. Caleb, you're down in San Diego, rocking same and place. rolling. Yep, same place. I'm up in Portland. I recently moved back up to Portland uh, from the Bay Area, and uh, we're all in different locations. Which to me, it's really it's kind of sad. Corbett, all the all. the just about every episode up until the last handful have been uh, you and me in the same room. And then we're looking at, at Caleb's face when we can get connected to it on Skype. Yeah. Uh, and, and there was just a good little, uh, you know, we could read each other's body language. We didn't have to wear pants, um, all that stuff. I mean, I'm not wearing pants now, but now nobody gets to know about it, I, you know. And that's
1: yeah. I look, I look at that as uh, I kind of put that on the pro <laughs> list now of not being together. Yeah,
0: you would, I guess, because that's just rude of you.
1: But, uh, but it, I, I
0: miss, I miss being in the same room, sweaty, mostly, mostly nude, uh, Pantless. just really, just really hammering out the details of what it's like to build something on the internet.
1: Yeah, sure. I, right? I, yeah, I, I reminisce. I miss those days. We're gonna have to. Uh, we're gonna to have to have you guys convene in San Francisco for podcast sessions mm. when I get back, or get
2: some life size cardboard cutouts of each other. Yeah, just a big microphone coming through everyone's like mouth. those fat head things of football players, like yeah. the yeah. life
0: side thing you just slab on the wall. I was watch thinking bon- wash bomb fat head.
1: I was thinking more of like blow up dolls of each other. <laughs> actually that
0: yeah that's good because then that's that's useful and it, it's not just useful for talking at you know what i mean there's a lot of relationship building type type stuff you can do and i could do in my own time by myself you know behind closed doors don't need anybody and and i it's just it's just me and caleb time you know yeah but i didn't even need caleb there i just i have his i have his doppelganger with that
1: surprised or, expression on his face all the time or as
0: i call it i, I call it my doppelbanger so <laughs> i liked. it. oh boy I like so, my, if this my is the Caleb first episode
2: here. for anyone, I apologize in advance. <laughs> it gets better if you're just or tuning worse, in. Depending on
0: yeah. it, does it does? Okay, so on the show today, we want to talk about um, when to spend money in your business. Basically, you know, takes the, the old adage is it takes money to make money. You know, you got to spend it to make it. And um, in some ways, you know, this is my first go around. We're at a, at a I had like kind of an existential crisis again third in in my life so far actually fourth uh but it was a very small one just kind of like a tiny crack in my soul when I was watching a uh, a presentation of someone who I can't remember who and he asked the question if if next month you didn't do anything on your business hands up if your business would make at least ten thousand dollars that month if you didn't do a thing to it and I I, I realized like my goodness I I think it's crazy but we're in that boat and we're making more than that. And we talked about this on the on the last episode. Uh and to me to be at that kind of it's just this moment where I f- I finally realized, "Oh my god, we're we're like big boys. Like we re- we have a real thing. This isn't just a blog or, a, or a, we're not just tweeting and talking about, you know, whatever the whatever that is the hip uh economy of the day this isn't the 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 social economy or or whatever bs that we're that we feel like we're usually talking about for some reason it never felt true to me or or like real until i realized oh my god yeah look at this i've got this thing and so here we here i am at the helm of this business and i'm trying to look back at like all the way all the decisions that we made to to get here and some of those meant specifically you corbett paying a good deal of money you know or, to, or at least being okay with like okay we're gonna hire chase to build uh the think traffic site to design that that's where you and I met and where we decided we kind of like working with each other and then hired me on again like all of these are expenses for you as same same thing with bringing in on Caleb and it's it's sort of harrowing now as I'm like at the helm of this business with you guys and trying to think through what are we gonna pay for like for example, Corbett, you're talking. To, we, we've talked a lot about about maybe we do some advertisements where we're paying for placement in these different places, and the question is, is that going to be worth it? It's always is that going to be worth it? And so that's really the question we're getting into. Where in our experience has it been worth it to spend money, and where has it not been? Is there is that a good you think uh, intro to the topic?
1: Totally, and I and I think we as we go through this, we should talk about a couple of other parameters like. For example, are you at revenue already in your business? Because obviously we're at a different place than a lot of people listening to this. So what do you spend when you have money coming in and you're deciding is it worth spending this or not? Versus when you're really bootstrapping and you're at the pre-revenue stage, you're you know operating your business on credit cards or off of your savings, what do you spend money on at that point? And then also the other thing is there are some expenses that are tied to revenue and others that are not. For example, I mean... Sometimes you can spend money uh, or you have an expense, but it's related to directly to when you take money in. So that expense only occurs if you're actually earning yeah. revenue. So we should you know distinguish between those as well,
0: and let's jump point. in let's jump in right there. like the first the first tool that I wanted to talk about is like are, are like the kinds of tools that you need to essentially. Collect money on, on the internet, right? right. So the one that what we're fanboys of is Gumroad. We really love this company and we love their product because for one reason and one reason alone, it gets you off your ass and gets you out of your question and it gets you out of like, well, what should I use? And should it be this or that? Or well, mm-hmm. what if I, what if I, what if I don't make the right decision or what if this, that, or the other? And it's, it's so easy. You sign up for free. You do all the things, right? Um, and, <laughs> I don't know. I remember being at a point where I had, I could potentially have had something for sale, but because I was doing so much research about which tool to go with, I was looking at PayPal and I, there was no, this was a long time ago. Stripe wasn't around. And even now, like Stripe is a hard option because you actually have to hard code some stuff. I mean, Stripe doesn't actually have an, a, a push-button sort of solution do they yet
1: no i mean there is there is a little button you can create but it's it's fairly complicated and it doesn't handle the what do i do with hosting my files how do i deliver the files that people yeah, pay with, yeah. A, For?
0: with a digital sort of you know a link that that they can't just pass out to a million people and yeah put how it do on i how do
1: i collect the email address of
0: the people that i lot. remember that that problem of the f- the link just, like, trying to get... And there was, like, all these PHP scripts you could try to use, and I was not at that level yet, where I was, like, oh, where, where it would basically send out an email that, like, the link would expire in, like, 48 hours. Yeah. And, and that, even if you could get it to work like that, it's like, that's sort of a broken thing, because then somebody doesn't download it for another week, and you got to generate another email for them as a support tab or something and like and that. none of
2: that stuff really matters. And so, like, you spend all that time researching all that stuff when, really, someone figured that out already, and you should yeah. just do... You know, you should just use Gumroad and put your product up, and focus on what your product's going to be about, and spend more time promoting it and stuff instead of, you know, finding PHP scripts so people don't illegally download your
0: PDF. Exactly, and so that's the first tool that. I, the reason why I like that, when we full disclosure here, we partnered with Gumroad this month to build a. Um, to build this, like I, I don't know, for lack of a better term, I call it, like Gumroad Edu Gumroad Edu page or whatever that just tells you it has a video from Caleb and has some interviews with some some people who are selling stuff on Gumroad that, j- that gets you from from absolute newbie like what is this thing I don't even know whatever to okay I'm signed up I know exactly what to do I've got my first product for sale on there um, and I I again what do I love so much about this is the same thing the same reason why I love Squarespace for websites so much. Um, Right now, I mean, and I'm not even someone who's used Squarespace. My wife has. She wanted a website and I was like, I don't even, I can't, unfortunately, I don't have any time to do any of this stuff. Just try out Squarespace. See if you could, if you can set it up and do it yourself. And I was amazed. Like she kept asking me for things and I'm like a really bad husband. Um, and we were super busy. And so I didn't, and I was like, I don't know. I've never used Squarespace. And she ends up like calling up support and doing a handful of things. I love Squarespace for the same reason that I love Gumroad. It gets you off your ass. And off the resistance of just like I got a question from someone today uh, on, on support, and I gave him a handful of answers uh, to his question because I've been there before. But then at the end, I was like, "You might have to be a hard ass for a little bit and just and just tell you like quit asking questions as an excuse for 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 not doing the work." You know, his question was like about like I I, I can't find uh, I'm having a hard time thinking through what what blog post I should be writing, like coming up with ideas for topics, right? Mm-hmm. And I gave him a handful of things, and I'm like, clearly, clearly you're you're just. And I, I forgive him a bunch of good advice. I think you know, and I feel for the guy. But then I was like, okay, so stop asking these questions because this is just you resisting the work. This is you not being professional in this thing. It's you. It's you not writing. You know, and the same thing with when you're thinking about which button should I use? Should I use a donate? What's the price? What's this, that, and the other? All of those things. That's why I love tools like a Gumroad or Squarespace or or MailChimp where it's just like, yeah. okay, stop thinking or researching. Get it out. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So that's why so, we love... Uh, th- so the page you can find at, at fizzle.co slash gumroad. Fizzle.co slash gumroad. Um, and, and we're excited because we're making this video right now. It's going to teach you just how to do it. And I'm excited because I get to talk to a handful of people who uh who like like Nathan Berry, who I like their business. And like I've got a book, I've got a father apprentice book sitting in files on my computer. And one of these days I'm gonna actually finish that thing and put it up on Gumroad. And I'm gonna hear from Nathan Barry and 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 a handful of others about like what they wish they would have known before they started selling with Gumroad. Um,
1: and that'll be up on again, fizzle.co slash gumroad. All right. Well, so here's the th- so back to the expense conversation. I mean, we're really talking, we're trying to talk about how to spend money smartly, right? And how to spend money so that you don't sink your business before it has a chance to get off yeah. the ground. So mm-hmm. what I've seen a lot of people do, this is, these are people who are like, they, they, to me, are playing business in a way because they love to evaluate all the different tools and to think about every edge case and to optimize their business in their mind before they actually even have a business, right? So a lot of people spend an inordinate amount of time evaluating different payment processors For the features they have, but maybe more importantly, they're looking at what are the fees and how much does it cost to use, you know, and, and, oh, PayPal charges 2.1% instead of so and so charges 1.9% or whatever. You know what I mean? And then they do the
2: math on like a million dollars of transactions. (laughs) Oh, that's, I could save thousands of dollars if I just figure out this cheaper one.
1: Meanwhile, they have zero dollars of actual revenue coming in. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So our advice is in the beginning, Stop worrying about all of that stuff, and instead focus on the thing that gets you to market fastest. you yeah. know pick the tool that is easiest to use that is you know seems to be the thing that people are talking about that people use and don 't worry about all the little optimizations um, because when you do have you know a ten thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars of revenue, then a couple of things happen: one is you can switch or you can pay someone to help you switch to something else. Right. Or you can negotiate with these companies, even though maybe they have yeah. fixed pricing. A lot of times, you end up being able to negotiate. for For us, in particular, um, we use Stripe, and when we started using Stripe, it was a little bit more expensive than some other offerings out there. But um, Stripe actually reached out to us and offered to lower our uh, our payment processing fees after we got yeah. to a certain level. So, don't worry about that stuff. And um, go- well, that, that's I feel like that's a really big point, though, actually corbett you know
0: the the idea of negotiating well you said two things that i think are important number one go with the fastest quickest easiest like most trusty thing you can right now right and quit thinking about it okay so first of all that because you're you're spending all this time researching things that are essentially not going to matter because what you can always do is your second point you always move to something else later so so what what where businesses fall apart is when their products aren't Good. You know, like Paul, the Paul Graham quote on the number one reason why businesses fail is the same reason why number one is the same number one reason why, why restaurants fail. The food is bad. You know? And so when you, are making your product and thinking so much about what, what software to use and which, which payment processor and this, that, and the other. What you're essentially not doing is giving your product the, the, the lifespan that it needs to grow it up and get better because chances are that product you're making right now isn't good enough. And if you stuck your whole livelihood on this one product, your business would fail. But the good thing about the way that we live and breathe and, and, and get to be online is we get to iterate. We get to put out 1.0. And hear from people and make, and make some adjustments according to their feedback, put out 2.0 and get it better and better and better. Start adding the case studies and this, that, and the other. You don't, you wouldn't have done any of that unless you shipped the product in the first place, unless you clicked publish at Gumroad or whatever you're using, right? So I, I love both those points. Number one, go with the fastest when it comes down to this. Especially, I mean, we're really talking specifically about payment processing type stuff, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, but right now.
2: I mean, there's a handful of other things: hosting, website design, email list. But at the same like, time, but it's, yeah, like it, just it's not one. necessarily
0: true for like for website design. It's not like don't go. I would not say go with whatever's fastest and cheapest. You know what I mean? Because when we say when we say Gumroad, the reason why we're
1: promoting them is because we think it's we think it's the best at what it does. No, but here, here's a here's another comparison for for web hosting. Which is you've mentioned Squarespace a couple of times. Well, if you look yeah. if you look into Squarespace, it, it the base plan is what ten dollars a month, and then yeah. it goes to fifteen or twenty or something like that, depending on what features you want. Well, it's really easy to look around and find out that oh, I can start a blog on Blogspot for free, right? But are you going to be able to do everything that you want to do and customize it and do all that kind of stuff? Or are you going to be nickeled and dimed to death when you have to find someone to help you customize Blogspot or whatever platform you're on because it's more difficult to use than Gumroad or than uh, Squarespace? Yeah.
2: Or pay someone to transfer it off of Blogspot because it's an not where you
0: want your business blog to be on. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. So so the meaning, that's why all that to say, we're really talking specifically about the, the payment processing stuff, which to me, honestly, as design guy, as I, I can make products and I can make things that people are interested in. And I never once got past this hurdle of choosing one of these things. And, and, and subsequently, I never picked, I never made a product. Right? Even though I had it, I have that book on my hard drive for the last three years and I never did it because Gumroad wasn't around then basically and I had never heard of it. Well, so when I, when I'm talking about a product like this, a service like that, I'm saying I would have been a writer by now. <laughs> you know, I would have had a book out there and at least made 20 bucks, you know, probably made a lot more than that because I've, because of the audience that I developed at Father Apprentice. So it, it's, I, I just see that black hole. All because I didn't know I didn't know how to handle. I didn't I didn't want to use PayPal because that felt chintzy and uh, and just weird. Yeah. And I didn't know of anything else. I certainly wasn't going to code something of my own. And frankly, because it was a side project and I had a day job and a family and all this other that I was dealing with, I just I just never gave it the time that it that it deserved. To to I never gave it enough of my. Focused to actually put something out there. So we we've got a lot to talk about today. So first part being the tools that you use. That you mentioned this, and and it took me off on this tear. You were talking about Corbett about some tools that you have to make money in order to for them to cost you anything, right? So payment processing is the example of that, where someone has money wants your book. How do you get? How do you give them your book and get their money from them? You use something like Gumroad, where. They handle all the technical details for you, and the good thing is, with a Gumroad, it's built for digital products. It's built for these kinds of things, so you don't have to worry about the expiring links or the, the this, that, or the other. Um, and again, fizzle.co/slash/gumroad. What's interesting is, I was talking to Caleb about the the video we we're we're making for them right now for that page, and it uh, there's some stuff I didn't know about. Like, if you have multiple tiers, uh, and so say you 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 have a a, a product like say you have a book and uh and 10 interviews and uh, one one product you just get the book bu- one price point you just get the book and at another price point you get the product and all the, the 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 book and all the interviews well we'll say like one of those interviews the uh gets updated and you add another one to it but you're going to include it for everyone who's already bought it uh at that at that second price point well it's super easy just to email everybody who's already bought that at that price point not and not the other ones so you don't have to email everyone in the whole thing and make the mistakes that like Brett Kelly has made a few times, as he's done this, some made some horrible errors. Um, but and so just, anyways just stuff like that and the pay as you go, uh, pay as you want, whatever you want feature, which is, I mean, imagine that. Like I've, now, I've, I've thought about that for my own book. Like. And put this together. Maybe I don't spend as much time on it as I could, and I could just say, "Hey, you know what? Pay what you whatever you want for this thing. Do what the Radiohead did on the on one of their albums. You, I think and you they, should I, do that between now and when this episode goes live." Well, I kind of, I kind of want to. I, I really <laughs> would like to make it good because it's just basically it's a bunch of blog posts that I've edited and updated and revised, and it, it was a really it's a good, but but I just really wanted there to be more of a common line instead of just a bunch of essays. I wanted there to be this story arc and I could I could kind of picture it, but I just didn't have the editing capability yeah, to do but, that.
1: But do you do you want to make it, it good and have it never come out or do you want to get it out?
0: <sighs> Boy, is that ever the question Bam!
1: You should, you should uh you should take the just ship it challenge. I should. I should. So all right. So I love I love these kinds Now I'm
0: actually having a come to Jesus moment with you guys right here. Like Damn it! Now I got to put that book out, don't I?
1: <laughs> you do. Otherwise, you're just. Uh... It's
0: great. There's cocktail recipes in between every two chapters. Love it. That that are corresponding with a daddy's development cycle, the way that a dad's brain develops over time. So the first cocktail is just a shot of tequila. I tell you how to make a shot of tequila, <laughs> and then and it grows over time through the blue collar Manhattan all the way up to what I, a cocktail I developed called the Strong Doctor. Which is a which has fernet in it, and it's for the person who knows they need their their medicine with their poison. I mean, come on, people!
1: The beg- the book is begging to be published, and you're just I, letting it rot I'm, on your computer.
0: I'm struggling. I'm struggling thinking about how how ridiculous this is. <laughs> okay so hold on hold on uh so we're let, let's let's put a bookend on tools real quick and just say sometimes there are tools that are difficult uh, decisions and sometimes it's very easy in the case of a payment processor it should be really easy don't make the mistake that i made and just and and basically never make the thing that you could have made all because life got in the way while i was researching which one to use you know, and so just just do that. There's going to there's going to be you're going to have to pay. That's like you're going to have to let someone have two or three or nine or whatever percent of your of your sales. You're just going to have to. So settle for that and understand that it's better to have the thing out there than sitting in Markdown files on your computer. Because five years later, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You know, I think Chase is preaching to himself yep. right now. I'm literally yeah, I looking it. in the mirror. There's a mirror right in front of me. Actually, my screen's black and I'm looking at my my, my face saying like, you are an asshole. You really fed <laughs> up, pal.
1: You okay? You need a moment? Caleb and I can carry on if you if you need to cry or something. Take yeah. Time. What, do, what yeah. do you want
0: to go? Where do you want to go to next? We've got these handful of categories I want to get through, but what do you think? So hold on,
1: so hold on. Before we leave before we leave tools, just you know, people should realize that there are a handful of other tools that you have to have. To run a business online, yeah. like it's non-negotiable that you need a website. So you're probably going to pay for some sort of hosting. Um, yeah. it shouldn't cost you more than like 10 bucks a month when you're first getting started. You're yeah. probably, or you're also going to need an email list. And, um, we love MailChimp and they happen to have a free plan that you can yeah. use until you get to like 2,500 customers or something. So that's great. So no, it, it's like 12. Oh yeah. Is that what it is? Cause it's like 12,000. Is it 12,000 emails?
2: 2000 email subscribers. Oh, okay. 12,000 emails. So you can email them up to six Six times a month. Six times a month or whatever. Yeah.
1: So. So that's a no-brainer. Like that's a best-in-class service, and that's another case where you get to use it. You get the Lamborghini of services, and you get to use it for free until you have revenue, until you have enough customers that it actually matters. So those are no-brainers. You might need some accounting software, although you know you can probably kind of hold off on on like doing official accounting for six months or so, and then you can always go back and recreate the books as they needed to be. So you don't necessarily need to sign up for that right away, but um, accounting software might be something else that you need. Other than that, I mean, you know, there's a lot of nice things to have, like A-B testing software and webinar software and stuff like that, sure. but you don't need to yeah. sign up for that right away um, until you until you need it, you know, until the, the case makes itself.
0: Yep, I think that's absolutely, and maybe what we could do is we could put together a post on all the tools that we use for Fizzle, because I find myself answering that question an awful lot in support emails. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and because i know that there's some things like we're using paid membership pro as a plugin that we have to pay for and corbett early like a a few months ago you're like well when people ask tell them what we use but say we would be using member mouse because we would be if it was out by the time we started it right and that was because it had this we we use paid membership pro because it has a stripe integration correct yeah
1: right they were one of the and and, and then member
0: mouse Member Mouse came out later, and you liked that one a little bit better.
1: Yeah, well, it, Baron has been Baron Quadro has been using it for his project um, via the Effortless Gent. I know a couple of other people who have been using it and are happy with it. There's another one called Memberful, which is um, actually looks pretty nice as well. So there's just a whole lot that have come out in the past year and a half since we made that initial decision.
0: Got it. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we could put put that together. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe maybe I'll edit this all out and, and say that we've already put that together, and you, and you can and you can click the link to see it
1: only if uh, I'll, I'll i'll race you to see if you get your book published before i can write that blog <laughs> post. that's
0: <laughs> true okay so one of the other things that, that you mentioned in our little pre-call chat corbett was uh was actually ne- in negotiation i think this was a this was a little little thing that you mentioned but i felt like it should have been, it should be said here so tell me about negotiating and what that's meant for some of our expenses <sighs>
1: Well, um, you know, recently we have lowered a number of our expenses dramatically, and I, I mentioned the um, the Stripe uh, integration, and, and, you know, it's not as if we're necessarily anything special, it's just that we've kind of reached threshold, and, um, you know, once you do reach some sort of threshold, people are willing to, you know, negotiate with you. Um, the same has been true for some others, I won't mention exactly what services they are, but, you know, mm-hmm. we've had some expenses um, around, like, email hosting, um video um, hosting obviously the payments integration all that kind of stuff some of those now for us are getting close to $1000 a month or more right so they're fairly yeah. big expenses and yeah. it doesn't hurt to ask to write you know customer support and say hey i love your product i'm using it avidly you can see that you know it's been gr- our usage has been growing every month for a while Um, and it's starting to be a fairly big expense for us. So we were wondering if, you know, we could get any kind of consideration if you could give us some extra, you know, storage allocation, you know, this month or whatever. Um, and in a lot of cases, we've been able to negotiate those things down. And, and honestly, now we're saving probably a thousand dollars a month on just a handful of services that we've negotiated. So don't be afraid to ask. But again, you know, this is, a difference between if you're pre-revenue versus if you have revenue coming in. If you're pre-revenue, most of these services you can sign up for for free to begin with. You know, you can get a free um, Mailchimp account, a free Wistia account, and so on, and start using those things. And then when it becomes expensive for you, that's a good sign because it means yeah. you have people using it, and that's the time to start negotiating.
2: Yeah, your yeah. expenses go up because you have more members that are paying you. So it well, it all works out.
0: It's funny. I find us circling around, or at least as I'm hearing you guys talk, um, I just I'm I'm remembering more and more what it was like for, like you know, three or four years ago when I was dreaming of building something like Father Apprentice or Ice to the Brim, and and just like there wasn't the same amount of tools that there are today, Mm -hmm. Um, and and it was always it's just such a crazy thing to think of how easy it is now. How really, truly easy, like how you can, yes, you just, you, you fire up Squarespace or WordPress, right? Using, using DreamHost and their one click install of WordPress and you do the thing and you throw on some, you know, stock theme, you put out something. You grow an audience over time, slowly but surely. You take some of your best posts, you put them into a five dollar book that solves everything for everybody who has IBS. You know, it's like it's like here's here's the, here's fifteen meal plans for people who have irritable bowel syndrome, uh, and, and you sell it for four dollars and ninety nine cents using a Gumroad and, and and Mailchimp is still free. YouTube or whatever is all is all free. Wistia, whatever you're using. Uh, but you can see how you can just slowly and independently grow your business just 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 like a little snowball, growing and growing over time slowly. And you don't need to take on this big money. You don't need to do any of this stuff. But you really do have to go through the, these kinds of thoughts of like, it's okay that if you make a sale that the credit card processor takes 2% or 3% or whatever it is nowadays, right? Yeah, right? I think that, that the
2: technical things are getting easier. I don't think that the audience building... and actually making Absolutely. money is easy
0: but yeah all the technical barriers are are going away and they're going to be gone and that's why like when i went i'm, I'm I, like i've had a handful when we were at animax and a handful of other places even though i've never used gumroad i've I'm, I'm i'm always end up talking about it because and squarespace because i love the idea of launch your thing as quickly as humanly possible so that you can realize that nobody gives a shit and that you've got a lot of work to do, you know? Because we think that once we make the book and get it out there, and then it's like, wow, it's all we can see is finishing the book. And then then you finish the book, and you press publish, and it's like, oh, my God, nobody's coming to it, right? Unless... You've built an audience and did the thing, and it, it, and then you realize I just want you to I just want you to hit the ground super hard so that you and survive and survive so you can bounce back quicker and realize okay I've got the book out we're doing that thing now I need to actually start writing things that people are going to find on the internet and find helpful and then they can see that this is part of a bigger story here's the book that solves that big problem right so I, that's why I love these kinds of tools because of how much I procrastinated and just dreamt of building a thing and never ended up doing it. So anyways that's my personal thing on that.
1: Yeah and you know the the cool thing is that the tools are not only getting better but in a lot of cases they're getting cheaper as well and mm. um the real cost savings i think comes from not having to pay someone a a tech person to integrate all of this stuff because before like just getting like you said paypal to work with something that could deliver the files and all that kind of stuff you might have had to pay somebody hundreds or thousands of dollars just to glue all that together for you if you didn't know how yourself or you might waste two weeks on it and then not get your product done and never get the thing out the door whatever the case is so it's cheaper in a lot of ways and and it's cool it just makes it so that all you have to focus on, not that it's anything small, but you just have to focus on finding the crew that you're going to serve, understanding what their problems are, creating solutions for them, and then packaging those up so that they can pay you for them. And, um, that's, yeah. that's all that business ever has been. And the technology stuff, I think made it more complicated for a while than it needed to be. And, and now it's just, it's getting easier and easier. So there aren't a whole lot of excuses left
0: yeah okay, so we've got a handful of these categories that I, I'd like to go through, and one of the ones that to me still to this day is one of the hardest to think about is uh, is advertising because it's one thing to tell a client like, oh yeah, you should go spend some money and get some visibility and, and advertise yep it's a whole other thing to to take my hard-earned money yeah and and go give that to Google or someone else to do some retargeting ads, which we've tried before, but we, and to be fair, we haven't done much. Right, but we've talked about it, and, and I'm and I'm thinking about what would be the best place to do that, or best best ways to sort of to do that, and, and 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 it's scary because I'm terrified to spend any of my dollars because I'm terrified to to be to have been shown to be an idiot for spending that money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if I if I spend money here on these keywords or this that or the other or do whatever, well, and, and then it doesn't work. Well, then now I f-ed up and it's my fault and i'm an idiot and that's not true at all that's not true but that's why like the four-year-old lizard brain little kid in me is 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 kind of i th- i think that's why he's so afraid to pull that trigger uh but but it's one of those things that i the only reason why i bring it up because i i can see how how like it's this little quivering bit of flesh over here that's very raw and tender in me still as i'm as i'm thinking of uh, having this you know quote unquote you know Big boy business, not big boy. I guess it's just a, it's just it's no longer an infant, you know. Uh, It's still a a a struggle for me, or it's it's curious to me that it is such a struggle in my mind. Is it for you guys?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, we haven't done a whole lot of advertising, and partly it's because we don't have the time to dedicate to it. Partly because it's a little daunting, and partly it's because we don't exactly know what we're doing. But you know, I do know that. It's easy to blow a bunch of money on advertising that doesn't have any return yeah. on investment. I know that um, until you have your thing figured out, the you know the audience that you are serving, the problem that you are um, solving, and the solution until you have that product market fit all figured out, it's really easy to waste a bunch of money on advertising. So it's probably not smart to do it until you've made sales in some other way. I also know that you have to pour some money into advertising until you figure out what the ROI is because you know it takes a while to fine-tune your ad and the crew that you're serving and all that kind of stuff. To the point where it's you know you put a dollar in and you get a dollar twenty back or whatever yeah. your your target is. So for a while you're going to be putting money in and not making very many sales just because you got to figure out what the creative copy is and all that kind of stuff, what the landing page looks like. Um, and we just haven't bitten that you know whatever sandwich yet to to figure yeah. it all out. And I, and, and I,
0: I don't bring it up that we would have any sort of magical tips on it. Just that. That I think you know a lot of people who listen to the show are like, well, I could just I just wish I could get my business to the point of traction, and I'm here sitting in a business that's at the after the point of traction, and and I'm saying it's doesn't get any easier, and if anything it gets harder because now, like. The, and I'm just I guess I'm just saying that advertising is a perfect example of a difficult situation for me to make. Even though we've built a business that has traction. It's still like, wow, I'm clueless. I have no idea how to approach this. And even if I did, I didn't I don't know how to tell if it worked or not. Yeah, you, <laughs> you have to have something
2: I mean? to measure it. And I guess as an example, we do advertising for my wife's photography business, um, and we test a lot of things. We test how much traffic comes from all these wedding blogs that she's Paying to be on and like featured yeah. as a featured vendor and stuff. You know, we track traffic that comes through. Anytime someone emails through a contact form to get in touch with her to potentially shoot a wedding, it says, yeah. How did you hear of us? So we mm. track that too. So it's like, Okay, we advertised on this site for six months. We got this many visits, but we didn't get any leads from that. So that yeah. probably means that the people that are coming over from that site can't afford her or don't fit in with the style she shoots or. Yeah. what have you. So then we choose not to advertise on those sites. And so it's a little bit longer of a play for that kind of thing because she's sure. just trying to get exposure and, you know, raise her like page rank and Google search results and things like that, as opposed to what we're doing at Fizzle. And as we've tried to run for that as, you know, running to a sales page or to just like an email opt-in to give someone something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, then, and then we don't need to say any more than that. Just that it's another one of these things that you have to think about. You know, in terms of what are you comfortable with spending? Again, it's February; it's money month. We're talking about money and all of the issues that are around that as on as as not just entrepreneurs, as independent bootstrapping, solo ish entrepreneurs. I say solo ish because some of us come in pairs. You know, like uh, like Omar and Nicole, they're doing it together. Um, and I don't just mean business. Hey-o. Hey, yo, <laughs> hey. Okay, let's get into the next little bit. Uh, I want to go and I want to talk about like hiring contractors. And working with contractors, Corbett. What, like, if you could look back at your story, you've worked with a lot of different kind of contractors. You've been a contractor. W- what's the advice that you give? You would give to someone about working with 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 someone without making them employee. That's what we mean when we say contractor, right?
1: Yeah, a contractor is just somebody that you hire, um, usually for a specific project or a fixed, you know, fixed length um, kind of situation. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I'm thinking back. I don't know that I hired. Well, I did hire a couple of designers. So if you hire a web designer, you know that's a contractor essentially. Um, yep. and I mean, that's I, the
0: first one that I think of. What What other situations would it be where you hire a contractor?
1: Well, I mean, if you hire uh, you know a lawyer or an accountant or something like that, those are or usually, a consultant. I guess those are usually right? contractors. Yeah. If you hire a coach, you know, I guess that that's sort of in a different category, but. Um, the the whole point is that you're paying somebody for some sort of results, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So I think the only one that I paid for before I had revenue to fund it was a designer. I'm trying to think. I I don't think we had any others. Now, obviously, you know we have um, we have an accounting firm, we have a, a legal team, and um, Caleb. You know, when he started working with me, was a contractor. Um, And uh, that was a big decision, you know, hiring Caleb, bringing him on. Basically, I'd gotten to the point where I had enough revenue to make me comfortable. And there were just a lot of things that I wanted to do that I realized I couldn't really do as a one-person team, partly just to be able to take a vacation, to be honest. One of them was
2: to go to Europe, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I brought Caleb on about, what, a week before um, I went on a six-week stint to Europe. Was that that right?
2: Yeah, and it was a part-time thing because I was still working full-time. Too, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a trial run. It was like this may turn into something, but if it Ooh, doesn't fit this for is anyone,
0: it's like, like a little romantic little story. I feel like I could put we met put on some uh, we j dated for a music. while and then
2: yeah. Yeah, went on from there.
0: How like we started just like aming and whatever. And I thought he was funny. I thought he was cute. So uh, I, I decided. Yeah, you know what? I'll I'll write some blog posts for you. Yeah, How that'd I- be fine. And then I decided, you know, I would really like writing blog posts for you and. And then and then and then it happened. He uh he he sent me an email. I was thinking of like, he put my he put his finger in my email, but then I was like that's weird.
1: That yeah, that's weird.
0: But then he said that, it anyway. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't wait to bleep that out. <laughs> he put his finger in my bleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, he put his beep in my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, the fun that we have. Yeah, but, but truly, that's, to me, honestly, Corbett, that's such scary stuff. To hire, to go, or, or I guess, because with, with Caleb, it wasn't just like a, oh, yeah, here's $2,000, make me a website, you know? Or, yeah, here's $5,000 over the course of the next six months, uh, consult with me about analytics and how we, can, how we can provide a better ROI on whatever, yada, 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 right? Yep. It's it's a it's an ongoing expense. It's it's you you're providing value for me. And again, when you start talking about these kinds of roles, like you're like we've got plenty of business. We've got enough business going on where I might be able to bring someone else on, and that would give me some time off. It's also hard to think through. I can imagine. Well, that's all money that I don't get to have, but then I get to have life instead. And, and so, what's my life worth to me? And and where do we price that out? Uh, I just picture that being a. a me in that same situation, I don't know. I don't know if I would have done it even as as soon as you did, and I kind of applaud you for doing it because I think you made. I think that decision helped grow the business beyond a solo personality spot. Well, it was you know?
2: it was beyond just the six weeks of going to Europe. I mean, to, to yeah. be honest, you you had exact things you wanted to do. You wanted to do this project, the million dollar blog project. We launched another site you had plans for this blogging course that we've talked about for star blog of the matters that you mm. put together like we did all those things within the first 4 months that i was working with you yeah so you had like a game plan it's like if i'm going to bring someone on they're going to take care of this stuff so i can go work on these things you know i was editing like video and helping you with content and support email and all the different stuff mm. so you could focus on okay i'm going to design expert enough write some of the pillar posts i'm going to lay out this course put together these classes, put together a Star blog that matters from the ground up. All those things while I was managing like the blog and guest posts and making sure everything was published on time. And so you had a very specific like role for me coming on and I think that that is what you need. If you if you can't list out like enough work for the person for like months, you probably don't need to bring someone on full time or even part time. Well, you know, yeah.
1: and this is this is actually very similar to the conversation about spending money on advertising, because the goal is, you know, I'm going to bring this person on and for every dollar of expenses that I have attributed to this contractor or employer or whatever, I want to be able to earn at least a dollar, hopefully, you know, a dollar 20 or whatever, um, as well as the freedom and flexibility and all that kind of stuff. So there are some other considerations there, but so, you know, um, Caleb came on and it's like, okay, now how are we going to directly grow revenue and expand our products and those sorts of things now that we have two people, what other things can we do that I couldn't do before as one person, so that I can, you know, pay for him and uh, and afford him and and replace that, you know, that uh, that income or those expenses. Yeah. And then the same thing with bringing you on, Chase. I mean, basically, it's like we grew to the point where um, we could now sort of afford having another person, not completely, but you know, pretty close. Um, and uh, we set, we decided to bring somebody else on like right away and that was just you know really because uh, we were so successful working with each other with the uh, thing traffic redesign. We really yeah. liked everything that you brought to the team because it was obviously a different skill set from what we have um, <laughs> and you wanted uh, to take
2: chase off the market to use another dating term.
1: exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> I like this
0: I like this idea of a different like chase had a uh, how do I put it a different skill set. <laughs> My, to put he's in my really way. good at gifs, cat gifs specifically. Um, let's see, the dude can Photoshop pretty well. He knows how to make, make a cocktail. More importantly, more importantly, he's just real inappropriate almost all the time. Exactly. And we and felt that that was a business asset a Like this is your <laughs> yeah. resume. This is what's on it. It's on my CV at LinkedIn. You can find me at
1: linkedin.biz Well, those were slash. Those were all the things in the pros list on our pro and cons list. <laughs> So I like that. So you know now it, it's interesting for us um and this I guess hopefully some people listening to this are at a further stage in their business and they're kind of considering the th- same thing like do we bring more people on or whatever. Now it's a little bit different story because we're at the point now where we probably could afford to bring somebody else on um and we haven't pulled that trigger and we haven't really had any frank discussions about it. I'm not exactly ready but I just I feel like For some reason now with the way we have the team set up with the three of us and our different skill sets and just the amount of coverage that we have. Like if somebody goes on vacation, it's not like one person has to do everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So we just kind of have this magic little three legged stool, um, that is holding up our weight just fine. And so there's not that drive to bring someone else on right away. Um, so I don't know when we'll get to that exactly when we will add someone if we, if we even will, but, um, I don't feel the same pressure for some reason.
0: Wait, are we, the, are we the legs of the stool, or are we sitting, if we flip the stool upside down, are we sitting on the legs?
1: Is this an innuendo again? I don't know who's blocking who at this point, so... <laughs> I didn't know how to
0: answer, so I turned it into a stop block, or whatever we call it. Pause, pause, pause block. block.
1: Okay. <laughs> I like how you both jump in. Pause block, it's a pause block, Chase. Yeah. We have to trademark all that stuff. Uh, You know, we're gonna have to pay somebody (laughs) to go through all the podcast episodes and come up with all the little devices that we've had. I want an inside joke wiki. We need like a yeah Yeah. a glossary of inside jokes.
0: I think you're thinking of glossary.
1: Glossary, but um, but okay, so
0: hold on. So we're talking about contractors. We're talking about hiring people on. Well, maybe maybe it it. I mean, do you think it'd be helpful if we talked about who, what kind of position we would think of bringing on next, just so that people know where we're at? What the kinds of questions that we're still asking
1: about when do we bring someone on and, and to do what? Totally. Yeah, we can do that. I mean, I, we've we've had the conversation. I think the, the couple of people that are top of mind for us right now are, first of all, a customer service director sort of person, the kind of person that can manage and own um, the relationships that we have with our fizzlers, not just customer service, not just, you know, support, but also proactively going and finding out what people are working on, where they're getting stuck, where they need help, yeah. how we can better highlight their stories and make case studies of them um you know, and just make people really feel like we're in there um paying attention to what they're doing, and we're there for them, we're supporting them because that's one place where I feel like we fall down a little bit right now, um, yeah, the title
0: would be you know community manager, yeah, like exactly we we're, we're you us three we're out running we're we're essentially we're making things we we have there are so many questions that people have that we have answers to and we want to make courses for and that's our that's our job basically is to make those courses to write those blog posts and to and to make that stuff that's who we are that's what we're great at um and we're also wearing every other hat in the business which which includes we're well, all three of us are are we get different support emails we every one of us does support we all every go one in the of forums us forums and is send. in the forums. you should yep.
2: read this one corbett like you can probably answer it best and so yeah we're it's a job we're doing ourselves right now
0: yeah and and that's good that that's i like that because what we're doing is we're, we're becoming extremely fluent in who our people are and what they're struggling with um and then the question is how do we how do we not only just solve this this person's question jim who's writing this forum thread but then every other person that's going to ask this question after jim you know yep. and that's what looks like a a a course for us and that's our job that's what we do and so finding someone to be a community manager is something that we've definitely talked about we've also talked about uh, a developer you know, because we can, Corbett, between you and I, we can hack a lot of stuff. I can do all the front-end stuff. You can do most all of the back-ends. You've certainly done all the back-end stuff we've ever needed. You're probably the this most skilled back-end guy that, that I know in terms of just the deafness of your fingers, the delicacy Thank of you. your touch. Yeah, but that's, um,
1: that's all from my summer in uh, in New Orleans. I, I picked that up down there.
0: Interesting. That's not the only thing you picked up <laughs> down there. So... We've talked a lot about having a developer in as well to an engineer type to, to basically help us run things just, just with, with code. Yeah. And, with,
1: and, and really, I mean, the, that kind of decision to bring a developer on is the kind of thing that obviously immediately opens up a bunch of revenue opportunities. There's all kinds of things we could be yeah. creating and selling, but that opens up a whole other can of worms, whether or not we want to take on being a software development company in addition to a training and community sure. based company. So, and so these
0: are the kinds of questions that we're think, we think about at where we're at in our business. You, you can, you know, project where you're going to be in your own business, well, and, dear and here's, listener. And
1: here's something that um, that maybe people, no matter what stage they're at, could be thinking about as well. And this came from that uh, dinner that we had with Josh Ship when he said, you know, we were talking about going to conferences. And he said, I don't bother with conferences anymore. I would rather pay a really high-end coach to work with me one-on-one. And so that's a whole different category of expense, I guess. But yeah you could look at it, you know, in the same way. Should I bring a contractor on who will or an employee who will help, you know, make free me up to do other things? Or what if I worked with a coach who knows how to make me more effective and more efficient? So that yeah. I can do more with just myself, with just one person, and maybe you learn some tricks or some strategies from that coach that allow you to double revenue, and then it's a whole different conversation that you're having. So that goes through my mind as well. I don't know who we would, you know, hire or use or whatever, but um, it's it's an interesting thought, anyway.
0: Yeah, absolutely. so thinking through that—that's the other. I have two more categories here. So in our last ten minutes, let's kind of get a little more rapid firey because. I'd like to spend the lion's share of this on the very last one. But you know, training and coaching. So consultants and professional training and coaching. Um this is a whole other category of your business that uh I have I have two minds about this. And when it comes to like professional training, like for example, if I was a, a someone who's who's thinking of buying Fizzle or something like that. Me personally, I'm not typically the kind of guy that that ends up buying that stuff. To my to my own detriment that's why my books sitting on sitting on my hard drive still right um, I would always just try to dive in and do it myself and figure things out and our goal with fizzle is to shave off three or four years from your learning process right. there you know um, but and I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is is maybe you're the same way and you could think differently about it Maybe you spend a buck to get into a fizzle or a treehouse or Lynda.com or you know or a lot more than a buck on something like uh, um. What are who are some other products that do things that that we do like a
1: like Murray Forleo's B School yeah. or um product launch formula from Jeff Walker that sort of stuff. exactly yeah. and I, that sort of yeah stuff. I I I paid for a lot of stuff um in the first couple of years from stuff from Chris Gillabo stuff from Copy Blogger. Um, some stuff on product launches, stuff from pro blogger. I, I bought a lot of stuff and um, and and put it to use. And 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 the biggest one, like I've said a million times for me, was a ten dollars purchase that was book yourself solid.
0: Yeah, I and I, I can't agree more. Oh my gosh, and we're I'm so excited because we're making a we're doing a, a bu- the essentials of book yourself solid a, a course, and I am working with Jason Billows. He's he's a, a Communication consultant that works with, with them, uh, what's with, with Michael Port? And I guess it's just the Book Yourself Solid crew, mm-hmm. right? That's the name of the organization. Anyways, the guy knows his stuff so much, and we're gonna have the such a fun fizzle course coming out of this. Sorry, because I feel the same way about that book. It is uh, just the most tactical advice for someone who's doing anything sort of service type, you know. W- consulty or or even even online just putting together th- things in terms of packages and things like that such a great making love. them flexible and what's interesting is so i've never bought anything flexible packages such flexible packages well most important is not that they're flexible it's just that you're flexing them you know gotcha we want to see movement we want to see movement with the package
1: so such beautiful um, so movement
0: you're starting to get the dog bug aren't you pretty good like do you love it do you have the kind of glee with it that i do it's good it's good i mean (laughs) (laughs) i made one of uh i didn't know i didn't scott scott stratton wasn't on my radar and uh i i went to nmx i didn't see his keynote but uh chris i'm such a fan of chris ducker he's such i just love hanging out with that guy um and he mentioned how much of a fan of scott he is and I was like, I don't know what what who is this guy? So I came home and I did some some research uh and got to see the the keynote online. It, it, I think I can put it in the in the show notes here. I think it's 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 free, uh right, it Caleb? That's on YouTube, so anybody can watch that one. That's right. And I, I liked it. It was a good it was a good long keynote, it's especially good for baby boomer CTO or CMO types. But um I, I knew he was I could tell he was like a Reddit nerd. I could tell he was a nerd uh and i made a dog of um of scott stratton which i'll put in the show notes here Of and it's pretty good so i sent it to him in an email just guessing scott at Scottstratton.com. of course i haven't heard back there but i tweeted it to him today i was like this is too good for you to miss so check it out and he loved it so i got that going for me i'm just killer i'm just killer with the dog thing i love let me re- let me re- rephrase that. I'm not a killer with it. I absolutely. I turn into like a four year old. It's kind of, it's like that dog video
1: that that you yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: What was in there exactly? I turn into a four year old. So
1: I love it. Show notes, people. Check the show notes if you have no idea what the f- we're talking about right now.
0: That's <laughs> <laughs> true, uh, and you're not missing out on much, to be fair. You're, but but for the four of you who are already like have dog in your blood, you're like oh yeah, these are my people. Okay, so in our last five minutes here. Let's talk about um, employees, okay? And we've already covered a lot of this in uh, in previous shows and in what we've already talked about before. One of your biggest tips, Corbett, about before you bring someone on as an employee, try out a project with them as a contractor. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've done with Caleb and with myself. And the things ended up working. I can can imagine you've worked with a lot of contractors that you didn't make and turn into partners and employees. Is that correct?
1: Not in this case. In in other companies, yes, I have. But you guys okay. just, you know, I, I'm batting a thousand right you're, now. You're two for two. Yeah. My goodness, yeah. look at you go! And you know, it's not just uh, my advice that there are some fairly, you know, uh, bigger companies that do the same thing. Um, one that comes to mind is Buffer, you know, the guys from the Buffer app. Yeah, they're yeah. Uh, They're super transparent about all their hiring practices and everything. And when they hire someone, they are on a 45-day trial period, essentially, where they're going through kind of a boot camp of becoming Uh, buffer you know person Um, so they're on a 45 day trial so you don't necessarily have to you know do like a project you could just hire them directly but make it clear that they're on a Mm. on a trial basis being you know bringing someone on as a contractor is a little easier there's less paperwork and stuff so i don't know either way the whole point is just don't feel like you're committed because you chose someone because a lot of people don't work out you know it's Um, and, and vice versa, there are a lot of people that might join you and realize that the company isn't the right fit for them. So it's good to have kind of an out for both sides. So how do you phrase
2: that to the Mm. person?
1: Um, you know, I would just say that it's our policy, uh, before we bring someone on that they're going to be on a, on a trial period essentially. And this is not just for us, it's for you as well.
2: That's the part I wanted you to say, because that's helpful just being on this side of it. It was like, okay, this is cool. Like this doesn't work out on my end too, as the employee. As the contractor, like yeah. good to go, you know. No yeah, and, you, and I feel like
1: you guys both, you know, were essentially, you know, on we we did like a we, a little light trial project before we jumped in with both feet. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. With Chase, I mean, we we spent a long time actually kind of working in a um, different relationship before you joined full time. So,
0: yeah, yeah, and I feel like in that one tip, it, it's kind of like the Gumroad tip where it's like, you know what, just just get started with like this, and then make adjustments over time. You know, when you just know that one tip of, like, 45 days or work on a project with them beforehand, it's the buffer that I didn't... Like, most entrepreneurs don't, who are first-timers aren't thinking about when they're hiring their first employee. But everybody... It's so crazy, you guys, the advice that, that entrepreneurs are giving, especially, like, people in our situation who have made some hires and are just... St- like it's not early stages, but it's still like it's ramping up and it's growing much more than it has been. But it's not big venture back companies. They're all saying the same things that if it, it, when when so when you hire someone, the reason why it's going to suck if it sucks is based on culture and almost never on skill. And, and occasionally it is on skill. Like, you know, they didn't have the talent or the skill that we needed. And, but more often than not, and this is just, I'm regurgitating everything that I hear from, I don't know, a Hinton Shah or, or I don't know how you say his name or, or, or Rob Wallinger, these, these types of bootstrappers who are literally, you know, living on, on like they're a hundred percent in control of their business. They're not trying to make a huge Im- splash, wasting a bunch of money with a, a bunch of VC money Their Every expense is very calculated and so hiring and firing is very costly for them. And the big tip that they have is is bring them on in a way that you can test if they're good with your culture, if they fit with the other people in your company, and the relationship, and the ethos that you currently have going on. Uh, and I can't, you know, we're going to get to that stage where we have to, where we'll have the <laughs> the value statement or something like that uh, when, when we're when we outgrow us three. We have those uh, things. What what's that? We have. Like mission statements and stuff. I know, I know, but 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 it's all it, we could. Re, I you and I could jump in there and change things and be like, Corbett, is this cool? We'd be like, Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you know. But we're gonna to get to a, yeah. pay, a point where like, you know, there's an employee that would jump in and try to do that. We'd be like, Excuse me, hold on a second. Yeah, yeah. you know, like things change. There's a, there's this special moment, this inflection point, point. Um, and so, anyways, just a, that that one single point, Corbett, about hiring p- someone with the 45 day trial period. And we don't do this just for us. It's also for you. Or we, before we hire people, we like to work with them on a project we've put together. Like this is a big thing that I saw in when you were talking about contractors and hiring on Caleb for the first time, Corbett. You had, Caleb, to what you were saying, a bunch of these projects and and big plans set up on things that you wanted to accomplish and do. And so it wasn't just about, yeah, you do this kind of work. Yeah, and you'll just run the support for the first hire. It was... It was you're gonna. We're gonna do these sorts of projects, and I need you to be my number two on all this stuff. Um, and that I feel like is a very big difference from we're gonna hire you on to do this kind of work. Yeah, you know, versus having these projects and having a kind of trial plan thing in there. That that takes a lot of pressure on off of me. As I think of us hiring someone, it's like yeah, forty five day hire. They're probably gonna work remotely somewhere different than any of us live. And we could see how that works, what kind of things they ship and produce over that, over that time and how fast they are in communicating and getting back to people and all that other stuff that ends up being the reason why most people get fired in the first place. Anything else to add, you guys? If there's one thing you could get someone to take away from this, like, so look at the, look at like a, a Matt Giovanesi or, or someone out there, like an Omar and Nicole who are building a business. They've got some traction. They're at this stage where they're going to spend a little bit of money to make a little bit of money. What? Or to get spend a lot, they have to get comfortable spending some money to get their business to the next stage. If there's one thing you could get them to take away, what what would you say? Good, Corbett.
1: Gosh, it's tough. Um, I don't know. I, it is tough. Yeah, I'm trying to think too. Yeah, totally. I mean, be smart about where you spend money. Obviously, and what does smart mean? I don't know. If if something is related to bringing revenue in, like you know, you're only going to spend this money if money if comes in, then don't. Uh, then just pick the Lamborghini and and go with it because it's silly to, you know, hem and haw about those, those things. Um, Mm. and then on the other side, I guess in terms of like hiring people and, uh, going to conferences and all that kind of stuff, you have to be, you have to be smart about it and don't, don't yeah. believe that old adage that Chase started this whole show with, which is that you have to spend money to make money because that's not necessarily true. In, in almost every case, there's a way that you can, um, sort of cut corners and not spend the money, but still get 80% of the benefits. Yeah. Like, for example, unconferencing, which, um, will in the show notes include the link to the, uh, the episode about attending conferences, Um, Mm -hmm. you could actually go to a conference and not pay for a ticket and still get a lot of benefits from it. So there are a lot of ways to kind of get around dropping a bunch of dough. And, um, you know, I I didn't have a whole lot of expenses in the first year. Like I said, the only person I hired was a designer and uh, a couple of pieces of software. You know, you have to host your website. You have to have an email provider. Other than that, keep it slim.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my mind would be, in some ways, you know, First and foremost, the, anything that you're deliberating about, if it's a, if it's a payment processor for your book or for something like that, just make the decision and jump in. Change later. Just quit researching. You know, if you, if it, if you're selling a product or something, use Gumroad. If you're, if you're doing a membership type site, hire a developer and use Stripe or something. I think Gumroad could do some recurring things, but I don't know what that would mean, uh, with a, a bigger sort of thing. But anyways, just, just dive in. Make the decision. Be decisive. That's what it's like to be an entrepreneur. Is is, is you got to make decisions when you when you don't you're not entirely certain about the outcome. So that, I guess that would be my big my big tip. And then mine Caleb? would be
2: like equipment related. So buying computers, cameras, that sort mm. of stuff. Yeah, like work your way up. You don't need like a three thousand dollar camera to get started. You know, mm. get get a five or six hundred dollar one. Make some videos for a while. Maybe a year later, you. You upgrade it and sell the one you have and, you know, work your way up with equipment. Um, Because, I mean, it's it's important to have good tools that make your work faster and make your work better and make your videos look nicer and your sound quality better. But, like, when I started podcasting on my own before we ever had this one, you know, I just bought a Blue Yeti for like $100, USB, really simple, just to get me on the mic and get recording. And then, you know, did a bunch of episodes and then we decided we were going to do this one. I was like, okay... Now, it's a different podcast, new podcast. I want to get a better mic, get a mixer, learn to actually use it and have it sound a little better. And so I didn't go out and buy this crazy podcasting setup before I even recorded an episode. I had my podcast for a while, recorded however many episodes, and then I was like, okay, I'm committed to this. I'm going to be podcasting more in the future. Now I can spend a little more. And I'm sure maybe eventually
0: I'll get a better mixer,
2: a better mic or something. But this works now.
0: This works now. It's this concept of iteration over time, and just and like again that that long term view, many short cycles over a long term view. So just look at this short cycle: is I'm buying this hundred dollar microphone, and once I get to my thirtieth episode, then I can then depending on the traction, then I can upgrade. Yeah, mine was if I get
2: to if I get to twenty, I'll buy another mic.
0: That was my commitment. If it's bro- if the mic itself is broken, you know, like I'm using cheap SM57s because I've been an audio guy for forever, and this has a delicious sound for a seventy dollar microphone using the Blue Icicle. Mm-hmm. You know, it's way compared to especially any just USB straight off the off just USB mic. It doesn't have any of that two thousand hertz harshness that I hate so much. Yep. But but like, anyways. the the point being that long term view. Have that long-term view and realize you're going, to, you're going to make a decision right now that you might have to change later on. But just make the decision right now anyway. Well,
1: and the, go, but, sorry, and I was just going to say one one more long-term view. You might really, really need that money that you were about to spend on a new computer or a bunch of equipment mm-hmm. or uh, you know a contractor that you thought you needed. You might really, really need that. Six months from now, when your business hasn't taken off like you thought it would, and it's taken, you know, many more months than you had planned, yeah. and you're at the end of your savings, your credit cards are maxed out, all that kind of stuff that happens to a lot of entrepreneurs, you might really wish you had that two grand or that five grand that you could have spent earlier.
0: Yeah, and you know, and this is like a, it feels like heavy and scary. It's not, it's not heavy and scary. You know why? Because you're slowly building your business over time. You don't have to make any of these big expenses or do anything to write a blog post, see if people like it, maybe get a comment, learn to get better, write again, write another, give yourself a lot of time, keep your day job, right, do, do some work for UPS or, or, or like clean, you know, scrub dishes for at nighttime, bus tables, and write, you're writing through the day, you're Making blog posts, you're growing your audience over time, you're learning what works, what doesn't. Again, the whole thing is not, you don't want, we're not saying go spend a bunch of money because that's just the nature of the business. You got to spend money to make it. We're we're saying the opposite. If you listen to any of our other shows, it's about learning how to slowly iterate things over time until you know this product's going to, this product's going to work. It's worth the month investment in you writing it and, you know, signing up for free at Gumroad or Squarespace or whatever to sell this thing because you've done the work over the last six months or six years, in my case, to realize that you have a good voice on this and people are responding well and they like the way you talk about this and they're struggling with X, Y, and Z. And you can make this thing that really, you know, is like a salve for their, for their, uh, itchy rectals, you know, which is to me, pardon pardon the uh the french but that or i guess the the dirtiness but that's always the uh the ultimate the ultimate uh what was i saying butt stuff exactly <laughs> the ultimate example of of just whatever you know i don't i i know am i am i becoming that guy on the show where i just make things dirty just to make them dirty yep you started but was you started I always that always that, that though you started that way uh, yeah I was kind of always that way i don't know i hate when we're in this mode where we're just like dishing out all this advice at the end but i see real people like like struggling with with this stuff and again for me it's it, it, what i hate is i can help you make the stuff when you get to the point where you're like i want to make this thing then let's make that thing right but you don't have any control over if people are going to buy it or if they're going to like it or if this that or the other but that's not really your problem you know your problem is is i need to make this thing cuz it lives in my soul i need to get it out and then over time i learn how to say it in a way that they respond well to that they can actually have ears to hear you know anyways sorry i i I just you know we've just been sitting here for the last 10 minutes like i would say this that and the other the advice stuff when we because you know when people are giving you advice doesn't it suck like oh you should really this that and i guess unless they know know better than me maybe we know better than people do you think so
1: nah there's a i don't there's a slight chance
0: yeah a little bit but you're right i'm cutting all this out I've been Chase Boardman-Reed. I've been Corbett Barr. And
2: I've been Caleb Wojcik.
0: I will see you there, or I will see you on another time. So there you have it. I like that conversation. I thought it was a good one. Did you like it? Head on over to fizzleshow.co slash 42. That's F-I-Z-Z-L-E showco slash 42. Hey, by the way, do you ever go to that page when I sing this song, when I do the work? Do you ever go there? Tweet me uh, or at Fizzle. Uh, yeah, tweet at Fizzle or send an email to hey guys at Fizzle.co and tell me, do you ever actually go to the show notes page if you're just listening to this? And be honest, I mean, I'd, I'd love to just hear your honest answer because we try to make it funny. I mean, I'm always writing up little things and little Easter eggs and stuff and spending a bit of time, but I mean, I just, I'm interested to know if you actually go to that page. Let me know, all right? So go to fizzleshow.co slash 42. Uh, and on this one, you'll find that, uh, that doge thing I made. I'm, I'll, I'll link to, to uh, an explanation of, of doge as well. But the doge I made of Scott Stratton uh, I, and he, that he liked. It was very cool. And every other link that we mentioned in this conversation, you will find on that page. Also, if you like this, please leave us an honest rating in iTunes. Here's one from Tomer in Israel. These guys rock. It's nice, lively, and you can see that they make an effort to bring things that are really worth your time and attention, unlike others that are just a factory line of interviews. Thanks, Tomer. I love this. He's from Israel, and he asks in his in, in the rest of his comment, like, hey, do these guys really read this stuff? And we can. So we really do read your reviews. Let us know uh, what you think. Go to iTunes and fill out the thing, and I'll be able to see it. Uh, tell us what you think, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, tell your friends about the show, please. Here is to the entrepreneurs and bootstrappers and independents and solopreneurs and self-starters, the ones dreaming and scheming and struggling and clawing and winning and trying and putting their ass on the line to build something they care about. We see you. We like you. Let's party. Find care. Take care. Serve hard and dig in. Thanks, and I will talk to you next Fizzle Friday.